Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the August edition of my One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program series that I'm running throughout 2017. This month will be One Month to More Effective Continuous Improvement. My sponsor this month is Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 500 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, I would urge you to visit visit Affiliated Monitors at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. As I indicated, this month we're going to look at one month to more effective continuous improvement. We're going to consider auditing and monitoring, the different types of auditing that you can do from third-party auditing, supply chain, data risk auditing, auditing, culture auditing, auditing against fraud. We're going to talk about control testing. We're going to look at continuous improvement through the use of big data. We're going to look at measuring effectiveness, risk-based monitoring, email sweeps as monitoring, and listening as continuous monitoring. I think you're going to find it a fascinating month. And I'm sure at the end of the month, you will have picked up multiple lessons on what you can do to improve your compliance program around continuous improvement. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on this episode, and I hope you'll join me for the entire month. This 2017 One Month to a Better Compliance Program podcast series is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 21, Continuous Improvement. In your code of conduct. Continuous improvement also requires that you consider the backbone of your compliance program, your written code of conduct, policies, and procedures. Under Prong 9 in the Department of Justice's Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs, it states, under Evolving Updates, how often has the company updated its risk assessment and reviewed its compliance policies, procedures, and practices? What steps has the company taken to determine whether policies, procedures, and practices make sense for particular business segments or subsidiaries. Moreover, under prong four, the evaluation considers not only the design of your code of conduct, but its accessibility with a variety of questions and factors. These include what was considered for your code of conduct, how the code of conduct improvement was implemented, whether the gatekeepers were consulted, and most importantly, whether they bought into the entire process. Finally, and most importantly, is your code of conduct accessible to all employees? This means both in language and in spirit. The cornerstone of any compliance program is recognized to be your code of conduct. But a code of conduct is not a static document. It's a dynamic document. And that's the whole precept behind continuous improvement. It needs to be evaluated and updated as circumstances warranted. Yet, updating should not be performed in an ad hoc manner. As was noted in the FCPA 2012 FCPA guidance, your compliance program should be thoughtful and well-considered. 
What are some of the things that you should think about when you're updating your code of conduct? Well, let me suggest the following questions. When was the last time your code of conduct was released or revised? Have there been any changes to your company's internal policy since the last revision? Have there been changes to relevant laws relating to a topic covered in your company's code of conduct? Are there any guidelines which are outdated? Finally, is there a budget to create or revise and update your code of conduct? After evaluating these initial issues, some of the steps that you can take to move forward are as follows. Number one, get buy-in from the highest level of decision makers at your company. This means that really your CEO must give a mandate for the revision to your code of conduct, policies, and procedures. Two, establish a core revision committee. A cross-functional working group should be set up to revise your code of conduct, policies, and procedures. The group should include representatives from several departments, legal compliance, communications, HR, as as well as other functions, including both domestic and international business units. Finally, there should be functions within the company representing finance and accounting, IT, marketing, and sales. This group should uh, deliver a proposed final draft to the drafting committee, but you need to have a timeline for this to be accomplished. The backbone of the revision process is how your company captures, collaborates, and preserves all the comments, notes, and edits, and decisions during the entire process. You will recall that this is particularly important in light of the evaluation of corporate compliance documents mandate to determine how your code of conduct was revised. The how question requires you to have the technological audit trail available if a regulator comes looking. Next is the accessibility. You must have both a reputable and approved translation of your code of conduct into appropriate local languages. This is particularly important if your conduct, your excuse me, your code of conduct is pre-2012 because the uh, game changed thereafter when the FCPA guidance came out and said that you needed to have codes of conduct uh, uh, translated into local languages. Next, develop a plan to communicate your code of conduct. A rollout is always critical because it is important that that your revised code of conduct is communicated in in a manner that encourages companies to review it and use it on an ongoing basis. You should use the full panoply of tools available to publicize your revised code of conduct. This can include a multimedia approach, physically handing out the copies, utilizing social media, company-wide meetings, or other mechanisms which would allow you to document that you have made the widest possible attempt to get out the revisions. And finally, stay on target. Set realistic expectations on your time deadlines and stay within your budget. <clears throat> you really, or most compliance practitioners do not think of the code of conduct as part of a continuous improvement, but the evaluation of corporate compliance program uh, document made clear that this is something that the department is taking a, a very close look at. They want to know 
what's your process for not only designing but also implementing new policies and procedures, who has been involved, have the business units been consulted prior to the rollout of the implementation. You have to have codes of conducts and policies and procedures which obviously prohibit illegal conduct, but have you assessed whether these have been effectively implemented? Have the functions for ownership uh, held supervisors accountable? Once again, the evaluation recognizes the importance of gatekeepers, and here, really, the gatekeepers are going to be the highest levels of the organization who would support any update to your code of conduct. And finally, don't forget accessibility. How has your company communicated the policies and procedures to uh, relevant employees, but also relevant third parties? And have you evaluated the usefulness of not only your code of conduct and your policies and procedures? So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, first of all, uh, it should really be self-obvious that continuous improvement includes your code of conduct policies and procedures. Second, when was the last time you assessed and updated your code of conduct? Uh, and make independent determinations of those. And finally, who, what, and how are important issues of continuous improvement for your code of conduct? This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed me for day 21 of continuous improvement <coughs> for your compliance program, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for our final day of August on day 22. Thank you for listening. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to More Effective Continuous Improvement in Your Compliance Program. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, please rate this podcast. It was a help in our rankings and also get the word out about the only daily podcast to help you improve your compliance program. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and you've been listening to one month of more effective continuous improvement from the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Редактор